Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, April 9th. I'm Wayne Pratt. St. Louis County's policymakers are deciding how to spend more than $190 million in federal COVID-19 relief. And we've never had a, a windfall like this dumped in our lap. And um, unfortunately, when, when that happens, you get everybody is at the trough trying to figure out how much money they can get for their pet project. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum will explore St. Louis County's American Rescue Plan priorities. All Missouri adults are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine starting today. The Department of Health and Senior Services says already nearly 20 percent of Missourians are fully vaccinated. The expansion to all adults comes as mass vaccination centers open throughout the state, including one at America Center in downtown St. Louis. Officials say people needing a second dose of the Pfizer vaccine can get it at that location, even if they received their first shot somewhere else. St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports. Hundreds of St. Louis area residents are traveling hours into rural Missouri to obtain COVID-19 vaccines. Now they have an option to find one closer to home. A clinic at the Dome at America Center is offering second doses of the Pfizer vaccine with no appointment needed. Missourians just need to bring their vaccination cards 21 days after their first Pfizer dose. People coming to the Dome should cancel their original appointments so doses aren't wasted. The Federal Emergency Management Agency event runs downtown for eight weeks. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. All Illinois residents 16 and older will be eligible for the vaccines Monday. Many counties have already made their vaccination sites available to everyone, but it's been tough to get an appointment in some areas. Governor J.B. Pritzker acknowledges the vaccine rollout has not been smooth. And we still don't have enough vaccine for everybody all at once. But the significant increase in vaccines has made it now available. If people will be patient, we can make more and more appointments available beginning April 12th and beyond. Health officials say more than 20 percent of Illinois residents have been fully vaccinated. Campus life will be largely back to normal this fall at St. Louis area colleges and universities. And as St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports, most are not planning to require students to have the coronavirus vaccine. Schools say students will be able to return to dorms and most learning will be in person again. On-campus events will be allowed too, but some pandemic rules will likely remain. Lindenwood University spokeswoman Julie Mitzler says students will be required to wear masks in some situations, but they won't have to be vaccinated. We respect that it's a personal and medical choice, and it's something that should be decided on an individual basis. Several area colleges say they're still discussing whether to require the vaccine. Colleges took a big financial and enrollment hit when they went remote last year. Announcements about fall plans are happening as high school seniors get admissions letters and send in their deposits. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. The historic Tivoli Movie Theater in the Del Mar Loop will reopen under new ownership. It has been closed since last year because of the pandemic. One family church is buying the theater with plans to resume operations in the coming months. The theater showed silent films and vaudeville productions in its earliest days. Cinema St. Louis Executive Director Cliff Freilich says it's a local landmark. The Tivoli is, I think, one of the most iconic theaters in St. Louis. It's one of the oldest 
sort of surviving theaters from the golden age of movies. The top two floors of the building will be purchased by Integrity Web Consulting. The local firm plans to recruit other technology companies to the loop. Roughly $190 million in federal relief money is coming to St. Louis County. That could help ease tensions between supporters and adversaries of County Executive Sam Page on how to respond to the pandemic. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports. In the past few months, St. Louis County government and members of the county council were at odds with each other over a host of issues, including who should be the chairwoman of the council and whether St. Louis County Executive Sam Page's COVID-19 response hit the mark. But it's fair to say that things have calmed down a little over the past few weeks. A judge ruled that Councilwoman Rita Days is the chairwoman, and meetings have generally transpired without much incident. And with more than $190 million coming to St. Louis County from the federal American Rescue Plan, Page is hoping that he and the council can work together to make big investments in the county's future. I think it's important to have conversations with the council members about how they would like to see that money spent. I mean, it'll be a council decision. It'll be a group decision along with me. It'll be an appropriations bill. But uh, we have time to think long term about how we can make our community better. There are a couple reasons why Page is optimistic that the federal money will alleviate recent drama. For one thing, the funds can go to close the county's budgetary gaps, which should make crafting a financial plan later this year a lot easier. And since a lot of American Rescue Plan money goes directly to county municipalities, there won't be as many mayors coming to the county for cash. Another thing that's helpful is that members of the council, including Days, appear to agree that spending the funds on housing should be a priority. And so really, when I'm looking at housing, that's what I'm looking at. Not necessarily, um, you know, building new houses, uh, but maybe, you know, doing some renovation or or collaborating with some um, entities that do rehabs, things like that. Councilwoman Lisa Clancy says she would like to see some of the funds go to the county's Affordable Housing Trust Fund, which was formed at the end of 2019, but does not have a whole lot of funds to use right now. And I think that that is an excellent vehicle with which we can deploy resources wherever we can find them for long-term housing issues. And that includes many of the things that we're using money for for people in crisis right now, like rental assistance, like utility relief. Others like Councilman Tim Fitch want to make sure that some of the money goes to small businesses that were adversely affected from the county's COVID-19 restrictions. Many restaurants, for example, struggled to stay afloat as the county restricted indoor dining in an attempt to contain the spread of the virus. I think it's important that we go back to those owners and say, listen, if we can help, would you reestablish your business? Because we realize you shut down because of us. Well, not because of us, but because of the orders. Um, I think that's extremely important. Now, others may feel differently. The way the council is divided right now pretty much requires cooperation between Page and council members. That's because the bipartisan majority coalition that's been critical of the county executive doesn't have enough votes to override Page's objections. Councilman Ernie Trakis, who has tended to be less critical of Page than the four-person majority, says that political reality should push the council toward compromise. And we need to put political agendas aside, and we need to govern. And my hope is that that will happen. Um, And, of course, 
that remains to be seen, but that would be my hope and, and is my expectation. But Councilman Mark Harder is less optimistic that the influx of federal money will instantaneously bridge divisions on the council, especially if there's widely different opinions on where the fund should go. And we've never had a, a windfall like this dumped in our lap. And um, unfortunately, when, when that happens, you get everybody is at the trough um, trying to figure out how much money they can get for their pet project. Still, since the rescue plan money doesn't have to be spent immediately, Page says there's plenty of time for the council and his administration to come up with a worthwhile solution for the county's funds. We're almost to the other side of, of um, the worst part of the pandemic. Um, our community is getting vaccinated. There's a lot of hope in our community and there's a lot of excitement. We're not out of the woods yet, as you've heard from the CDC and from President Biden. Page says the money will come in two installments and will have to be spent by the end of 2024. The first batch of the money will arrive later this spring. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.